Aloha, Warriors. Joshua Loya, your friendly neighborhood Jedi. You know, I'm going to keep doing that, and we're going to end up having, uh, you know, Toby Maguire. Ooh, I said your name first this time, Toby. Uh, or Andrew Garfield. Or, in my opinion, the best Spider-Man, Tom Holland, on the show. Maybe someday. We'll see. But in the meantime, I want to share with you a quick way in which you can help the Adventure Mind movement grow. I need you to go. Need you to go. <laughs> to adventuremind.net slash join. That's, of course, the triple dubs at the beginning, www.adventuremind.net slash J-O-I-N, and sign up for our email list. So you put your email on there, you put your first and last name, you know, an email that you'll actually check, please. Uh, we all have those emails as well. Uh, but this way you get extra content. we got a couple of things. We're not going to send you tons of email at most, maybe like once a week, Um reminder about the latest episodes and some highlights of things going on in the Adventure Mind movement. If uh, there's any appearances as things start to open up, any particular initiatives, we will share that uh, via our email list and you'll get that first. You will make sure you don't miss a single thing. If you happen to scroll through your notifications uh, through Spotify or Overcast or wherever you get the podcasts, you'll be able to make sure you don't miss a single thing. That's absolutely uh, the best way to keep apprised of everything we're doing. Again, that's www.adventuremind.net slash join. www.adventuremind.net slash join. Please share that link with your friends. As many people as can sign up, that will greatly grow our audience. The number of ears and people whose those ears belong to <laughs> listening to the show. And, uh, you know, that means that we can get bigger and batter guests on the show. Although this week we do have a pretty awesome guest. I got to tell you, I, I enjoyed, I, you know, I, I haven't really been on stage as a comic uh, for a little over a year. I did an impromptu set actually just a couple of days ago on Clubhouse. So if you want to come follow me in Clubhouse and, and jump into a room, maybe even have a conversation with me, you can check that out at Joshua the Jedi and maybe we'll do some Adventure Mind meetups via that method. Um, but, you know, I was able to have a conversation with our next guest that you're going to listen to, actor and comedian Jonesy. He's been on Gotham, Letterman, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, uh, Nurse Jackie. He's done a bunch of acting. He's, he's got a couple of irons in the fire. Things come down the pipe. Um, he talks about a new series He's he has uh, premiering on YouTube very, very soon. Uh and uh, it was just a great conversation. Like I said, I haven't been in, on stage for quite a while. And to sit down and, and talk uh, the craft of comedy with a another comic who is well-seasoned, more well-seasoned than I am. You know, he's he's putting that Tony Satries on there, I guess. Maybe that's that's why it's uh, he's better seasoned than I am. Uh, <laughs> I love it that I laugh at my own jokes. Um, but seriously, it was a great conversation. I think you'll enjoy it. And uh, I, I show, uh, show Jonesy some love, please. Um, go to his website, jonesy.com, J-O-N-E-Y. Wait, don't listen to me there. J-O-N-E-S-Y. There we go, dot com. Jonesy.com. And uh, I'm going to leave it here. And uh, the next thing you'll hear, aside from our standard theme music. Uh, by the way, if you are a musician out there, you want to write us some, uh, some intro music, by all means, and uh, let us know. You can hit us up on the website, adventuremind.net. All right. Without further ado, comedian, actor, general funny man, and newscaster of weird news, 
Jonesy. Aloha Warriors, Joshua Loya, a.k.a. Joshua the Jedi, the aspiring servant warrior. I have with me a comedian of the stage, an actor, and a teller of stories and tales. Jonesy, how are you? Hey, Joshua. Thanks for having me. I'm so I'm so grateful that you reached out to me. I was very flattered. You were Absolutely. so complimentary and seemed very excited to have me on. I, I hope your listeners yeah. uh, are as excited for this as I am. Right on. Um, I actually did, but even before I checked out your, bi- your bio, uh, I was a faithful watcher of Gotham, so I actually remember your role oh, on that show. thank you. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I had a just a wonderful time on that show, shooting with some just amazing actors. Uh, Donald Logue, in particular, was just tremendous. Uh, and what, what a guy, man. He really, he had everybody in stitches on the set. He is so funny. Man, That's what awesome. a tremendous dude! It's uh, it's it's it seemed like everybody like the little behind the scenes thing that I caught on that show, and obviously you were on only on the show. I think for the one yes. episode, or they bring you back. Um, but it seemed like everybody had fun making the show. Like there was a good kind of camaraderie, at least among the cast and the people that were um, there. Yeah, in my limited time on set, uh, which was only one full day, uh, that was the vibe that I got as well. Uh, we had a nice, nice group of people there. We shot it in Brooklyn, and man, everybody was, everybody was just really pleased to be working. I think, and uh, on something that, you know, just they knew a huge fan base was behind them. Yeah. Um, and and you know, so it was it was really cool to be part of that, <laughs> and I could I could just kind of feel the excitement around that project. Um, they knew it would go, and they knew that people would dig it because people are just so rabid about their their uh sort of superhero backstories and whatnot it's just you know it's it's really it's really cool how much people really dig deep with when it comes to superheroes i mean you see it in the movies now just people can't get enough of that stuff well and here's the other thing too right like i think with any kind of fandom you know like people you have people who love it you have people that are "Eh," but everybody loves i think sometimes uh you know i'm I'm a total nerd i go to comic-con all the time and stuff that's that's definitely part of my bag but I think sometimes people love to get into that stuff to hate on it. Oh, they didn't match the comics this way and oh, this way. And I'm like, what do you want? The same story five yeah, times? Yeah, I, I mean, did encounter here and there, you know, I would meet someone who, you, oh, you were on Gotham? Oh, man, I didn't. They weren't very uh, authentic to this, uh, to the original comic. I thought they had the or, feel of the comic, if not the actual story. I mean, how many what-off storylines did, did DC yeah, do I, anyway? I, I don't know, but I mean, I mean, I mean it was just... I, I don't know what they expected of me. I'm like, oh, dude, I was an actor. I mean, I didn't create the damn thing. What did you want me to? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what, am I going to turn down the job because it wasn't authentic to, uh, yeah. you know, to a T? <laughs> to, it's like people getting mad at Hayden Christensen because they didn't like Anakin Skywalker's dialogue in yeah. Episode Two. Like he didn't yeah. write the dialogue. Right, you exactly. Guys. He like, didn't write the dialogue. He took the job, you know, and he did the best he could to bring it to life, which is, you know, what I what I did as well in my little way there. Uh, and I, you know, it, it, believe me, I'm not in charge of anything when it comes to that that property. <laughs> you know, I would like to be. I would like to be the one who sure. who gave it the green light and and was in charge of the whole thing. And then please, I'll take all the the blowback and the paycheck you want to give me. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and then, you know, like the thing is too, is that people like don't know how hard it is to kind of make your way in comedy or in acting. And sometimes, cause like I'm, I was listening to you on a, uh, I think you did like you run a guest on a YouTube show 
uh, talking about how you came up doing comedy with Amy Schumer, and then you were auditioning to be in a like a commercial for her show oh, or something. You like, found that clip there? Oh. I found it was oh, just randomly crazy. when I was just like looking around. Yeah. yeah. Well, so just to tell your viewers, this is where this is how um, you know careers can go. I mean, everybody has their own path. But yeah, I started comedy in New York City. Well, I started in Boston in the uh, middle of 2003. And then in 2004, I moved to New York City and sort of started all over again. And I was doing open mics because I was new to the city, of course. And sure. Um, one of the people that those open would be at the open mics with me that I was doing shows with at that at that time which was Amy Schumer. She had just started, and then you know, c- how many of her joke of your oh, jokes so does many, she steal? Man, so many that she does. <laughs> you heard that nut allergy joke she does? That's totally mine. Uh, <laughs> so then you know, years and years later, uh, she was she got to where she was in her life. She had her own TV show. Sure, and uh, I I still really wasn't going. N- very far but you know just kind of doing my thing but i found myself uh, as an actor i was at one point auditioning for a commercial for her tv show uh, so she had a tv <laughs> show i'm auditioning not even for her actual show to be honest right right you're not even I'm trying not to even get on the, on the role get a, like, yeah, for, like i didn't even get an yeah. audition for to be on her show it was a commercial for her show and even worse in that commercial i was drawing a dick like that was my, I was, that was my role. It was penis graffiti guy. They wanted people to draw. Is that the actual title of the, the title audition of, of the character, character or for that? Uh, I, <laughs> Can you make this more like miserable for for you as an actor trying to I make mean, your way? You know, it's just hey, you know, this is how careers go. You know, like some some people they get the tour bus, they 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 blow up and they're on the tour bus. Other people don't blow up and they're drawing dicks on the side of the tour bus. You know, this is how it goes. And uh, it was a very humbling experience for me, for sure, for sure. But you stuck with it. I mean, I, that's honestly like one of the things that I, I dig is I, I haven't actually seen that much of your stuff. Like, I don't even know if I've gotten to your appearances on uh, uh, Unbreakable Commissionment yet, but I'll, I'm sure I'll get there. Um, but like you've been persistent. And I think a lot of people, sometimes you, you go for a couple of years, you get discouraged, you kind of give up, you kind of halfway in, halfway out. I don't get the impression that you're in this halfway at all. Like, it sounds like you're you're all about trying to make your way. Uh, that's that's pretty ex- pretty cool uh, to me. Th- I think. Thanks for saying that. that. That's definitely something I'm I'm proud of. Is that uh, I've stuck it out. I I have met a lot of uh, comedians, especially who have come in and dipped their toe in the water. Maybe gave it a couple years, and I don't know what they expect. I mean. You know, of course, I see it out in L.A. all the time. People move out here from wherever they may be from, yeah. middle of the country or whatever, and they're like, yeah, I'm going to give it a year out here, and and if I don't make... I'm like, a year, man? Like, really? Is this... Um, I guess... Yeah. You know, and I, I don't want to discourage them, of course, but this is... Um, I mean, f- for, for many of the people <laughs> like, who've made it... Now, now, now granted, there are... There's, there's all the, there's always these Cinderella stories where someone just kind of arrives in L.A. and six months later they book a TV show and then a year later they're, they're famous. I mean this, well shit. Even Rogan, he broke, booked a TV show early on in his career, but he, he had like at least several years in Boston and New York before yes. he even got anything. You know, and I think mo- more often than not, this, the story goes years and years of grinding leads to some overnight success um you know 
It's not really overnight if you factor in Correct. all the grinding you did yes. to get there. You know I think I mean? that's a more common experience. Uh, and and knowing that, I've you know I've had to adjust my expectations, and I just kind of slow and steady and, and stick it out. And you know, for me, the other thing that's going on is what what else would I do with my time? Like, I don't really have any other aspirations. Really, I, I enjoy. I enjoy making, I enjoy getting laughs. I've always enjoyed getting laughs. Sure. You know, now during the pandemic, I'm working a, a regular job. It's the first time I've worked a regular job since 2003. And I... Yeah, we can't all be Whitney yes. Cummings and... and for, uh, I mean, I, I actually, I, I dig on Burt Kreischer's comedy, but you're at a certain level when you're able to do drive-in shows. Oh, yeah. Then. I mean, he's at a huge level. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I mean, I'm, you know, I live for, make, uh, you know creating laughs and even at my my current day job I, I find myself just trying to make my coworkers laugh all the time it's just sure it's, i can't stop anyways so for me <laughs> you know you might look at it like oh here's someone who's staying in the game because they want to make it and they're you know and there is a little bit of that but there's also there's just this is a compulsion for me like i really right. just want to make people laugh and i want to be creative and i want to make things that are kind of funny and entertaining and i want to put them out into the world and get a reaction i just i've always loved that i also love to shoot videos with my funny friends that to me is so rewarding whether the videos get a, a million views or or four views like that sort of stuff is just intrinsically fulfilling to me creating sure. things trying to get a reaction out of people, trying to entertain and make people laugh. This is what I've, I've kind of just signed up for to do with my life, whether I, whether I get to a Kevin Hart status or a Burt Kreischer status or somewhere in between or somewhere a little below them. Like, I, you know, it, that doesn't, that's not what's important to me. What's important to me is to right. do, the, do the work and be creative and make people laugh. It's fun for me. Well, and that honestly, that's that's the real thing, right? Like, I mean, I've I've literally only been comedy for less than five years, and and even then, I'm still on that open mic circuit. I was starting to get beyond that just before the pandemic hit. Um, oh, you know, I'm going back to so I got an opportunity, but um, the, there's the there's a we've all been. At, at clubs where we see people trying it or we see people who even have a moderate level of success, but there's a, there's an element of their, their act that's, that doesn't ring true. That is kind of contrived even. And like, you can have comics that have like a unique name, like Jonesy or whatever. <laughs> like, like, I think that's totally cool. Like you, you do your, your one same thing and you even have comics who do a character, but there's a certain realness in it. And then you have people who aren't, they're doing it because they're, they're trying to. They're not in it for the love of it, and and there's there's something about that that kind of intangibly comes across when you watch somebody perform, where you can tell they're enjoying what they're doing, and you can tell that they're bored being there. And I, I don't the little bit of your act I have you know I've caught so far, I, I don't get a, a fakeness. You know, there's a there's an element of preparedness, right? You have a, a thing and a kind of an angle on a couple of things, but there's a you can tell you enjoy what you're doing. And I, I think that's that's a difference that like, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you've seen guys that like that or, or women that have come up that are like, why are you here? Oh, like, yeah. You know, it's one of the tell, telltale signs of that is you'll see, and, and this is getting a little specific in the industry. I don't know if your listeners um, are huge yeah, I mean, stand-up not, fans. Not all of well, them Well, maybe are, they'll are, find this to be a fascinating insight. But, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, you can tell 
there's a few signs that these people are uh, these these performers are not really taking it seriously. One one of which would be uh, you'll see someone do the same seven minutes every time you see them. They're just doing the same seven minutes. They come out. And not even the same type of material, but the exact exactly, same line. Exactly, the same act. So they'll come out to L.A. They got their seven-minute um, set. That it's their best joke. It's, it's, it's all their best material. Right. And they want to be seen. And so every show they go on, they, they, put, their, they put their best foot forward. They do that, that same set yep. over and over and over and over again. It becomes robotic. It becomes automatic. It becomes yep. pretty. It'll soon get dry and stale, um, and and of course, if you're witnessing this performer do the same thing over and over again, you got you kind of get what, where they're coming from. You're like, oh, okay, so they're not. They're just trying to be seen. They came out here from wherever, and they just want someone to see. It. They're hoping to yeah. get like a like an option for a show um, or well, something. Well, I think the they, days you know, of you getting a show based on your seven minute stand-up set. Development yeah, deals aren't happening you know, anymore. And, that, and <laughs> the place where that would happen anyways would be somewhere like Montreal. And, and even that's not really happening. But what they're, what they're probably ha- hoping for is that they'll be seen by a manager uh, who's might be at the show right. or an agent. Or, you know, maybe a casting director's in the crowd or perhaps even a television executive as well. And they may say, hey, I liked your stand-up. Do you have any ideas for, do you have any ideas about television? Do you have any aspirations? to write for TV or to act um, you know so they're they're hoping that they'll be seen by somebody it becomes a business Correct. card for them rather than like Correct. Some, and, yeah. so, and therefore um, and, you know and I, this is just a generalization the, you, the impression I get is uh, this is somebody who's you know they're just they're trying to they're trying to get famous they're trying not maybe not get famous but they're trying to uplift themselves out of the world of stand-up they're not exactly enjoying like they're they don't have the love it's like there's no love for the game yeah i would say that there's i do get that impression now i could be wrong and i don't mean to generalize but i get that impression well and sometimes maybe you get somebody you just catch them on an off night yeah where you're like dude i just got the note like really horrible news like 15 minutes before i'm supposed to go on i'm supposed to put on a happy face for the crowd like yeah yeah (laughs) i mean so uh, I guess, but we all have different reasons for getting into it, you know, and who am, and who am I sure. to judge what someone wants to get out of it? Would I, do I do that? No, I, you know, I'll do my special seven minute set if I know, uh, you know, if I'm auditioning for something or it's a contest. Sure, you all have, like all comics have their yeah. best material and then they, and they know when they're going to, you I, know, but. You know, invariably I, I'm, I, I, I don't want to do that. It's boring to me. I, I'm always trying to grow as an artist. I'm always writing new material or trying to expand on the current material that I have. And uh, yeah. I always enjoy mixing things up. I, cannot, I can't stand doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, and therefore, for me, uh, that's not fulfilling. What's fulfilling is creating new material all the time, uh, uh, reworking my older material to make it better constantly doing that sure that to me is challenging and uh and it's exciting for me and that's why i i do stand up in addition well of course i want to make people laugh like yes yes that's what gets me into it but for sure for me what's really fun is trying out some material new material like trying to grow trying to write more um trying to you know get over an hour of material that's very very strong and very good i want to keep going there i'm not satisfied with just having 10 good minutes you know i i I want to grow as an artist and um that's what's great about stand-up for me is like you just 
you know, it's so challenging. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm still doing it this long. I still don't feel like I have mastered this craft. I always feel like it's a, it's a challenge. You can always get better always, at it, for always sure, I'm right? I'm improving. Always I'm learning something. I just love it. It's an art that you can, uh, there's so much room to grow all the time, all the time. You can always get funnier. You can always create new material. I just love that about it. It's so fun. How'd you get started, actually? I'm curious. Well, I I witnessed a college roommate try it. He went to a comedy open mic, and I accompanied him. And and then uh, I went back home that night, and I kind of helped him with his, with his bits a little bit. Um, I, I could kind of see that I had, I, I got the gist of it. I'm like, oh, okay, so this is what we do. Hey, let's put the laugh, the biggest laugh at the end, and let's work this around. You know, I was kind of helping him with his, with his set. Right. And I, I thought that I, you know, gave uh, like contributed some funny stuff as well. So I thought to myself, well, oh, you know, maybe I have a knack for this. I, I don't know. And then, of course, after going to a couple of open mics with him, the other thing that happened was I saw how bad everybody else was. If you, oh, dude, there's nothing like going to an open mic to give you yeah, confidence. Yeah, if any of your audience ever gets a chance, <laughs> go to a comedy open mic. Don't you don't have to do it. Just go and watch. Like most of the time, it's free. Uh, go have a couple beers and watch because it's it, two things. One of two things is going to happen. It's either going to be good, <laughs> unlikely, but it's going to be, it could be good and then you'll have a great time or it's going to be very bad, which is also a, such a good time. Like it's so funny how bad the comedy could well, be. I love the unpredictability. Yeah. I love the unpredictability. Cause so I, I went uh, one time I performed and, and you know, I, I, I get off stage and it was, you know, classic comedy. It's an American comedy company out here in oh, San Diego. Oh, yes, yes. Um, I'm familiar. Um, and, you know, Chick starts talking to me just after, you know, when we're all kind of filing our way upstairs and like, I got to tell you about the, the when I slept with a blind guy. I'm like, all right. Well, even if my set had, I, I did okay. But like, all right, well, this is a story. I'm not going to get anywhere else. Let me at least take a listen, you know. Like, <laughs> That's right. Like there's the unpredicted, you, you know, you get people who are, Comedy clubs that were not not all of us are particularly well uh, well adjusted with life. Throw in a little bit of alcohol and who knows what else, and nothing boring is going to happen. Oh, exactly, and and uh, <laughs> so highly recommend comedy open mics. But that was my so that was my experience, and I thought I'll try this. You know, I feel like I can at least be funnier than half of these nitwits. Yeah, and um, and I I ended up really liking it a lot i loved the challenge i loved the thrill um previously i'd been i i was kind of comfortable on stage already because i had been i had been a singer in a couple of in a couple okay. of bands by then and so i'd i've been around a microphone before i'd been around a stage uh of course comedy is completely different you're alone um you can't hide behind your guitar or your drum set. Yeah, or... you know, my bandmates would kind of, you know, the responsibility of the performance is diffused among other people. Um, but with stand up, sure. it's all on your shoulders, everything, everything, the material, the performance, it's all you. Um, and, and, you know, I, I liked that challenge and I, 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 and I couldn't get laughs like I wanted to in the beginning. Like, you know, and, and that's always the case. And, and I mean, unless you're, it's a new unless skill. you're yeah. Chappelle or someone who is just great out of the box, most of us struggle. And I liked that challenge. I thought to myself, hey, I think I can make this work, man. And let me just keep hammering at it until I make it work. And then I just kind of caught the bug, you know, uh, many of us um, comics 
do catch the bug and you just you never stop you never stop you might take a break here and there but you just you just go back to it you can't seem to abandon it something about it it's addicting well and there's the immediacy like i mean like again you've been in it for longer but i've I've been in it long enough to get the immediacy of we're creating something here right now that's never going to exist again it's like no matter how many times you do the same type of material, you're always going to say it just a little bit differently. You're always going to have that one person, the audience that has the way too distracting laugh. Yeah, you know, like there's, uh, yeah, there's something special about that because if let's say you, um, let's say you go to a museum, an art museum, and you go to see paintings, like they're always just kind of sitting there in the same form. Uh, you know, you're never going to go in there and the painting's kind of, uh, the front is at the back or whatever, you know, the, the left right. side is swapped to the right side or it's now completely blue. Like, that's not going to happen. But with stand-up, um, you know, these performances are, uh, you know, they're sometimes it's a moving target, you know, it's like a, it's, it has a flow to it as well. And uh, yeah. especially if the comic tends to improv a, a little bit, uh, you know, and if you come to see me, you'll never see the same the same performance ever, ever. Because even a joke that I've done already, I'm gonna do it slightly differently because I'm always trying to improve upon them. I'm always adding things to them, trying to make them longer or like pulling things out that I just can't get to work. Yep. So I'm and I'm and I'm reversing the order of these things, and I'm talking to the crowd a little bit, and I'm improving just slightly if I need to, and um, I'm. It's it, it really is a, a a different performance every time uh, for me, and that's kind of special, you know. Even with music, a lot of times, like you go, right. you know, these bands now, I'd imagine they, you know, a lot of the stuff, especially the popular songs, if you were a band. Yeah, they're playing to like a click track. They got a bunch of backing. Well, not only th- you not know, only that, there's, or- there is sort of a responsibility because what you're going to encounter is an audience sing along, right? You know, mm, this, if right, you're so- okay, because they, they want sure, something that they're, they're expecting. They're, they're expect- and what are they expecting? Yeah. They're expecting it to be exactly the way they've heard it off the album or off the radio play or Spotify play or whatever that right. is. All of your right. O's and A's should be in the same spot. So you go, you know, I'd, I'd imagine as a as a popular band, you're gonna have to do that song pretty. Uh, at least your your most popular ones would have to be done pretty near. Uh, original track because you're going to have that sing-along experience and you have to kind of live up to that so you might not even have any room to wiggle room to improv your way through a popular song so with stand-up though you you can totally do that because nobody's you no one's listening to my joke on the album again and again they're expecting me to do it exactly the same way and then they're gonna you know and they're gonna yell out the same punchline at the same time you know we don't that doesn't happen so we have a lot more wiggle room with you know screwing with our set than i think uh musicians do well and that actually what was is what attracted me to it because you know i've been in bands and stuff and i've you know you, you like i said you've been in the game way longer than i have but one of the things that i thought was really cool is that man, like I suck at like kind of, I'm good at remembering basic ideas, but like the, the people that have to have things in order, the, the, you know, people who do monologues and stuff like that, that's not my angle, but you can have your unique angle and find your way and, and change it up and change it up wildly. And that sort of walking without a safety net, because 
the, I don't know, there's something very attractive to you that. You know, the other thing that, uh, and this is getting, like, like, we're nerding out on the craft of stand-up. And uh, I think people like this kind of over-the-shoulder okay, view. Good, yes, good. I, I think cool. that seems okay, to be so the, then, the game. That, that's kind of what we go for. We go for authentic con- conversation here. Don't the other thing that's going to lend to this um, is, you know, com- comics have to have a skill to uh, to pivot more so than any other performance art because oh, we dude. have to deal <laughs> we have to deal with the circumstances in the room uh so for instance uh, let's say you began your bit with a question and it, let's say it's even a rhetorical question and sometimes we'll start a joke with a rhetorical question we really don't want the audience to answer yeah and then the audience some drunk guy in the back yeah, yells, yells out, out an, an answer. answer like so yeah josh you've, you you know how this works so your your oh, audience fully. should know like we that'll happen <laughs> like things like that will happen and and now that's really that's really not what we want is to the a lot of times we don't want the audience feedback and someone might yell out something or someone might say something or a drink might be spilled yeah. something could happen during the flow of the performance that requires us to pivot and make a joke out of it or make it you know acknowledge it make it comfortable somehow intertwine it into our performance yeah. so we have to have those skills to work off our feet and uh and and but you know if you're if you're Bono and, you're, and you go, it's a U2 concert, you know, someone yells out something, you don't have to address it at all. In yeah. fact, you're probably not going to hear it. You're just going to do what you do. Because it's so fucking loud. Yeah, you're, you're you just do like... what you do. You play music. <laughs> you don't have to address anything else that, you know, of course, if, if a fire breaks out, you know, a pyrotechnic situation goes wrong and, and something, you know, a transformer blows up in the middle of your, sh- your, your musical performance, obviously you have to address it and probably run away and tell them the show's over. We could always start a great white uh, <laughs> yeah, cover great band, white cover old band. reference. <laughs> so, you know, those are extenuating circumstances, but this kind of stuff happens all the time at a stand-up comedy show. Uh, you know, people have been drinking. They may yell out something. Heckling is part of the game, and and so you have to be able to have the skill to pivot and change up your act, or 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 abandon a joke entirely because you just can't go back to it after sure. you lose the momentum of an interruption. Um, so these things are required, and 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 they just kind of lend. It lends itself to you know an, a whole other skill that you have to have as a performer. And that is, you've got to be comfortable in chaos. You've got to be able to sometimes think off your feet, think real quick. And you got to trust yourself. Yep. you got to sometimes trust that built-in uh, funny muscle and, and go with it sometimes. Completely unplanned, you know? Well, and, and you came up, you got to cut your teeth a lot in New York. And I can't, you know, like, I've only performed in California comedy-wise. I haven't, you know, like, when I when it comes time for me to actually go to to New York and actually try to perform in the city, like I suspect that there's a certain level of viciousness in New York audiences that's different from California. Did you have anything like where you really had to sink or swim while you know maybe you can throw out a, a story from from a time you were performing out that way? Well, I could just tell you that uh, the difficulty that I found performing in Manhattan specifically was. Right the crowds are often tourists um and that okay. to me was a problem uh so well, you know if it was locals it would probably it would you probably felt like you had a yeah, connection yeah the still locals um i i felt like i did have more of a connection um it was the tourist crowd so what happens you come you know you come from 
wherever you come from, uh, Missouri, and you're in New York City, and then you're walking through Times Square, and someone will come up to you and be like, comedy show. Yeah, some barker. Yeah, comedy was show. Like, yeah, yeah, got exactly. two free tickets to comedy show tonight. You just got to buy drinks. And, and be like, oh, really? And then they'll lie to you and say, oh, Chris Rock's performing tonight. And they'll be like, oh, really? You know, <laughs> of, of course, a lot of people got in trouble for that, for, for lying. Did they, they kind of tighten up the, uh, like, because enough people that listen to podcasts have, have seen like Pete Holmes' show and they, they kind of, and they listen to Rogan and stuff, yeah. so they get it. Like the whole thing, people people barking outside of Boston, like, have they tightened that up now where you can't say that, that uh, Kevin Hart's Well, I mean, it all depends on the manager of the club. If it's a sleazy club and no one cares and they just want asses in the seats, then they'll, you know, they, they, right. don't, they just want you to sell tickets uh, and, and do whatever you have to to do it. They just don't. Don't really care, and then they'll just like deal with it when a when a customer gets there, which a lot of you know nine times out of ten. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, uh, so Mr. Hart yeah, canceled today. Say, they uh, might say something like that. <laughs> nine times out of ten, the customers will see a good show anyways, and they won't complain. Um, so there's that, but yeah, so so this is so common that a lot of the clubs, uh, you know, especially in and around Times Square, but mo a lot of the clubs just in Manhattan in general, because, you know, that's where the yeah. that's where you're going to be sold tickets in Manhattan. No one's going to go, hey, hey, you guys want to see a comedy show? Well, go up to the Bronx, you know, yeah, go to go to go all the way to Brooklyn. No, the, they want to see them in Manhattan. Yeah. So those shows, heavy, heavy on the tourists, and they just... You know, they just in general didn't dig my shit. Um, they just didn't. My stuff was just maybe too weird for them or something. I I, I don't know what it was. Uh, I don't want to say too smart, but you know, I like to I like to have smarter material. Well, and you're not afraid to get a little bit nerdy with where you go. With no, things. I, I, mean, I do. Kinda... I, I like to go to weirder places with the stuff, and uh, so they're not they're not you're not going to see your typical. I guess if you're from the middle of nowhere, you you want to see. Your typical, what you hear stand up comedy shows will be, which is, oh, they're going to talk about sex and, uh, you know, this yeah. is going to be raunchy. And, you know, and that, but I'm not, that's not me. Um, I, I, th I still think, even, even though this is definitely a dated reference in terms of showing my age, but like, I, I still feel like people are expecting to go to New York and get Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, well, um, yeah, yeah, I suppose they, they might. Yeah. They, <laughs> like, maybe they don't realize that he's, well, he doesn't live there, and <laughs> but I'm saying, but you know what I mean, like that type yeah. of thing where they they're expecting his material from the early '90s, like that's like stand up comedy, because you know if you don't if you're not into it, you're, yeah, you don't I know. mean they're certainly not expecting like uh, a guy to get up there and and do a joke about why Amber Alerts are stupid, like they just like they're not expecting that, they're not into that, or or why uh, I don't know why it's okay why it's it's okay to um, date a woman with a penis like they're not gonna these are right. they're just not expecting that kind of material i think they want something that's more mainstream this is just a generalization safe so maybe, for yeah. me it was kind of like i was like god damn i was a tourist crowd fuck you know and i just never right. I just hated those sorts of crowds and I, I just would not i would not stand out i would just be like eh he's okay that was my a lot of my experience in new york was eh he's okay um and and so, you know, there's, I'm, I'm pretty obscure when it comes to stand up. You know, I don't have a Netflix special and no one in the world of stand up, unless you're another comic that I've worked with, you, you probably don't really know who I, sure. who I am. I'm still pretty obscure. Well, they might know after a time. I mean, you sure, keep plugging sure. away and that's the thing. Um, but, uh, you know, New, so New York for me, although I was there 10 years, I never, you know, got on, I never did my stand up on Comedy Central or anything like that. And uh, so I've kind of just struggled in obscurity. Um, for 
many reasons, um, but I think it was predominantly because I, I stuck to my creative guns and I went for originality and I didn't kowtow to get the low-hanging fruit and lowest common denominator of a, just a general laugh. Um, I just um, I wasn't satisfied with that. I co- I, I mean, well, and you want to make jo- you want to make comedy and sounds like and again, this goes back to the the authenticity that that came in. You want to do stuff that yes, you enjoy exactly. And if you can't enjoy the art sure. that you're making, doesn't you know? It's like I I. Even in rock bands, when I was playing in rock bands, like I would get tired of playing yes. the same song. We weren't even that famous, but we, I'd get tired of playing the same song, and I would, I'd do it, but I wouldn't. That wouldn't be my fun part yes. of the show. Yes, so that you you nail it. it yeah, it's totally like that. Yeah. I, and you know, so now imagine though, like uh, the majority of the shows that you get as a comic, you're you're really not being paid often, you know. Uh, or, or, <laughs> maybe you'll get lucky and get some you free know, so, onion rings. Uh, maybe you'll get a free drink <laughs> ticket and some onion rings. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and even if you are being paid, uh, you know, a lot of times it's not a lot of money. And so, w- why not do what I want to do on stage? Why not make it fun for myself? And now, what does that mean? Make it fun for yourself? Well, you know, I want to. I want to. I have a joke in my head. I know the crowd isn't into, isn't going to be into it, but I want to work on it. I brought it. I've I've been thinking about it. I've been yeah. thinking about it all goddamn day, and I have a show that <laughs> night. And it's a and I get there, and it's a bunch of people from Oklahoma, and I know they're not going to enjoy my joke. But so you might as well try out the new thing. But anyway, I'm not being paid uh, three hundred dollars to do my ten minutes. I'm not. I'm being paid right. maybe a drink. Maybe fifteen, twenty dollars, or nothing, and right. and so sure. I'm gonna do my I, what I went to do. Of course, I'm gonna get a laugh up. I know how to get be start with a laugh and end with a laugh. You know, I know how to. Get, sure. But somewhere in the middle, I'm gonna try that new joke that I've been thinking about all day, and it may not go well, man. It's a newer, it's a newer bit. It hasn't been worked out completely yet. It may fall flat on its face. It may bomb. I don't. I, I didn't care and I still don't care. I'm there also to grow as an artist and to work on my shit. And by the way, as a comic, you can only work on it in front of a crowd. This isn't a thing that we can we can perfect at home yeah, alone. 100%. Uh, you know, I don't have the luxury, you don't have the luxury uh, that a painter has, which is they can do it at home. They can do it until it's done. You ha- we don't we can't do that. We have to work on it in front of a live crowd and so and, and if i'm being paid why it's such I'm a big deal if somebody's gonna, taping the show yeah so <laughs> people don't understand that either and they may really you know this is why hey why does why do certain comics ask us to you know put our phones in a bag or like look, shut our phones off well it's because a lot of us are are working on something new and it's not really ready to see the light of day it, it'll it'll look bad if it's if people see it it's in its uncompleted form you know, it's like if Rodan's sculpture, you know, was just half a face, you know, like Rodan's not, it's not ready to be seen by the world yet. You know, Rodan has to finish the whole damn sculpture and Rodan has the, had the luxury of no one's, you know, Rodan's doing it in his garage or whatever and no one can see it till it's done anyways. But with stand-up, you, you're going to see at shows, some, oftentimes you're going to see pieces that are half done. And uh, and so that's why we don't we we would prefer it if you don't shoot video of of the performers and then put it out on the on the web. I, I, it's not really fair to the performer, um, especially if you're trying really edgy stuff. And you try really edgy stuff. That's how people get like, you, you know, like I 
it's funny. Like I've even gone back and listened to stuff even a few months later. I'm like, I'm glad nobody, like I'm not well known enough for that to matter, but holy crap. And, and sometimes in the exuberance of trying something out, you kind of overstep the, the, the bounds. And that's, that's, that's where the risk in, is involved anymore these days because there could be a phone anywhere. Somebody could capture you saying something and all of a sudden you're not getting any work. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, we, we hope that it doesn't get to that level. Um, of course, uh, I mean, obviously, if you're an asshole to yeah. begin with, you're you're more likely sure, to go there. Sure. But. Uh, I I don't really freak out about the the phone being pulled out. I, I mean, I noticed that it it right. it happens so sparingly. I mean, I'm not Kevin Hart taking the stage. Like, if you if someone like that gets yeah. on stage, you see all the phones come out, you know. But I'm not that guy. So, like, no one, you know, you put. You're at a comedy show. No one's gonna put me in their Instagram story of it because no one's gonna give a shit. You know, they're just like, "Hey, it's right. just a, it's just a, another guy doing jokes." Uh, at this point, I'd be happy if somebody took video yeah, it's of me kind of flattering, stage, right? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm wondering if you're if you're what, what your listeners what vibe they're getting from me now. This like this guy is this just a bitter comedian uh, talking about his his failed career here. Uh, I don't want to. Well, I don't want to put out I, I, that impression whatsoever. No, and here's the thing too. It's like, like if people only zeroed in, they might be like, "Well, man, it's, you know." Like honestly, you guys seriously go check out his comedy. It's actually funny, like legitimately funny. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, and and you and you do acting too. It's not like you're you're not staying with comedy because you have to. It's just a, it's a thing. That it's one of the things that I do. Um, I just happen to like love it so much that, and that's why I haven't stopped and I probably will never stop. Yeah. Um, it's just a thing that I do. I do a bunch of other things as well. Uh, and uh, But it's something I really give a shit about and have for so long and I'm constantly striving to, to improve and I'm getting better you know, even all these years that I've been doing it, I'm still getting better every year. I'm getting a little better, a little more comfortable on stage, a little, a little more original with my material, a little edgier with my material, a little more, um, a little more honest, uh, a little more confessional with my material. I'm starting to admit things, some bad things that I've done, um, secrets. I'm sharing secrets on stage um, because you know, in order to stand out and be original, you have to go deep. You have to go deep because if you're just going on this, a lot of us have had the same surface experiences. You know, hey, I'm a guy from Boston. Yeah, well, there's a million of us from Boston. Okay, so your Boston jokes. What are we doing with that? Hey, I'm a, I, I'm an actor too. Oh, well, a lot of us have been actors who are also comedians, and people have talked about that. But then, hey, uh, I once auditioned for an Amy Schumer commercial, and I had to draw a dick. Well, like, whoa, that's very specific. <laughs> Tell us more about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You zero people in with the uniqueness correct, of your experience. Correct. So uh, that's you know that's a bit that I've that I've tried on stage before. Uh, it it never I could never get that bit to the place where I wanted it, but I did attempt to do that, and it you know and although it didn't always work, it was fascinating to hear. I think people thought that that was kind of wow. Did you really? They always wanted to know is that true? That story is that true? You know, I like to be the guy that gets off stage and someone comes up to me and goes, "Is that true?" What you said? They're like they. Yep. It, I want my act to be sticky you know i want it to be sticky you know seinfeld in my opinion that act isn't sticky these are jokes that uh, you, you hear at your office these are jokes like i don't want to say at your office but like to me i could never do that type of comedy although he gets a, a laugh a minute two laughs a minute i mean he crushes that sure um, he doesn't go he doesn't confess his deep dark secrets he doesn't and therefore, to me, he's not sticky. You don't go home after a Seinfeld show um, and you 
and have a bit just stuck in your head, you know. But like I do a, I do a bit about trying meth, and like you know, you're gonna leave that show. There could have been an hour and a half. You're not gonna you're forget gonna, it, but you'll remember you're the meth remember, bit. Oh, that's the dude that did that that, that meth bit. Um, you know, because I do this. I I I confess, man. It's a fucking confessional. I talk about how it happened, how you know how I found myself in that situation, what happened afterward, and people don't forget that. I love bits like that. But I've learned in order to have sticky bits like that, you gotta dig deep inside yourself you know you gotta yeah. pull out those points of view that you've been afraid to share the opinions you've afraid to sh- you've been afraid to share the experiences you've had that you are afraid to share um, and then, but i think um this is what this is very satisfying for for audiences to hear this kind of stuff though very satisfying Well, and you, you got me zeroed in. And like, I don't know how much you want to give away of your act because like, I'm not going to ask you to do that, but you got me very curious about this meth story. Oh, oh well, okay. So then I'm going to, and, and you know, I'm going <laughs> to upload. Uh, I ended up doing a show two months ago uh, during the pandemic. Uh, of course, we're still there. Yeah, you actually were over in Asia when this whole yeah, thing started. Yeah, I was over right? there. Dude, that must have been scary as shit. Yeah, it was pretty. Well, I wasn't really scared. I was more confused than anything because I was traveling in these countries um, like Taiwan and Malaysia, Singapore. It's kind of close to the Japan. source, even very close yeah, to that's... the source. Yes, of course. But when I when I was in these countries, we're talking um, uh, late January till early March. So. Uh, so before we, we were just like, okay, something's going on. Yeah. We're not sure what it is. Somebody right. have sex with yeah, a bat. That's what uh, we were here. Like something happened with the bat in China. China had already had the issues. It hadn't gone crazy in these other places yet, but it arrived in these other countries that I was in. It arrived in Taiwan. It arrived in Malaysia. And uh Are are you the are you the cause of COVID? Be okay, honest. Oops, I fucked a bat. And I didn't think it would. I, I thought it was. A, I thought I had crabs. Turns out it was the corona. Uh, the the um, the way these countries responded to the emergence of it was was pretty eye opening to me because what was happening was everybody before there was even a single death. Everybody was going crazy in these places. They were masking up. They were taking temperatures. They were requiring you to wear a mask to get... They were ready. They were just going <laughs> crazy with it. And I was just like, guys, what is the deal here? You know, you don't even have a single death in your country. You're all masking up. Well, well, well. I mean, in hindsight, who was the fool? You know, me. I I should have been masking up and I should have been cons- just as concerned as they were, but I wasn't. But, um, you know, I, I didn't realize at the time, I guess they, you know, they were, you know, it's like once bitten, twice shy. They had dealt with SARS and they knew the deal. They all had yeah. a bunch of masks in their underwear draw and they were ready to go and they busted them out right away. You know, and I was taking public transportation, of course, because I'm, I'm traveling. I'm like every subway and right. bus I get on, it's just like mask, 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 mask. I'm the only, I'm like the... And everybody's looking at you, freaking selfish American. And you I know. have a great photo of me, like riding the subway in Japan without everyone's got a mask but me, and I'm all smiling like an asshole, and they're all looking at me like this piece of shit. Uh, but I didn't understand. I didn't get the seriousness of it. I, I thought they were overreacting. Turns out they weren't overreacting. They were reacting properly, and um, I should have been reacting that way. And, and everybody, 
um, from everybody in the U.S. should have also been acting that way. <laughs> my, my favorite, my favorite whole thing, and and I I get that people are distrustful here. We like to do our own thing, but uh, I, there was a there was this video that went up. These guys trying to give out free masks. Oh, I in saw LA. it. They're, they're actually in Orange County yeah. right at the beach. Those oh, okay. two comedians. Okay. Yeah, the Los, Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, I think they're like yeah. at uh, Huntington Beach or something. Oh man, they're getting yeah, yeah. so much shit. Oh. And, and the, the, dude, dude, and the greatest part of that video is they asked the one—I don't know if it was a guy or a girl—they go. First off, they sounded like fucking Ted from <laughs> yeah, Bill and did. Ted. Like, count, um, I, I, I was waiting for one of them to ask if the, if somebody knew when the Mongols ruled China or something. But <laughs> yeah, but like the one guy they ask, they go, uh, "Would you like a free mask?" I know where I'm going when I die. I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with it? Like, <laughs> I mean, they they were threatened. The, they, you know. The, oh my gosh, that was fight them. They stayed positive the oh, whole man. time though, which was so great. Like they didn't get bitter or angry. Oh, man, or I anything. really loved that video. By the way, I watched that a few times. I thought that was really really great. Um, no, I left my ass off. I needed it at the time too because it was just you know. Yeah, and and you need it right now. I mean, that's the thing where you go back and. Like life is hard enough as it is, but if you're able to get in that genuine connection, be vulnerable and have a laugh out of it, right? Yeah, you know, and, and when you are vulnerable, um, you're just fascinating on stage. Even as an actor, my, you know, my acting coach, Anthony Abison, always used to talk about the vulnerability on stage in front of an audience. Um, and that's like, that stuff is riveting, man. That stuff is riveting. So to me, what does that mean? Well, that means like, you know, I, I'm, as much as you want to do, like, I don't know, like a gaffigan, like. Sure. Uh, this guy's talking about burritos and tacos. Like, what, really? Yeah. Uh, you know, but there's a place for that. There's a place for that. But that, to me, I, no interest in that whatsoever. None whatsoever. I like a Doug Stanhope bit. I like yeah. to hear Doug Stanhope confess uh, of how he mistreated an ex, or uh, or you know what what his parents well, did to like him. Doesn't like Jim Brewer have a bit about like when he had sex with a uh, you know dude with a dick or chick with a dick or um, whatever you know? So like yeah yeah I, well it's in it uh, it's Jim uh, it's the guy from Australia there Jim uh, oh, oh um, Jim Jeffries yeah Jim Jeffries I believe yeah has yeah, a yeah bit he like has that. a bunch of bits so about Jim stuff Jeffries like that too. Jim Jeffries material if if any of your listeners are unfamiliar with this is this guy or he took his friend that guy, had um, some serious illness to like a brothel or something. This guy does bits that I also that I find fascinating. I, I can't I can't stop. Yeah. I can't look away. I, I I can't you know shut it off because it's just it's very confessional and it's crazy stuff and it's you know you like you can't even believe it and I I just. Maybe maybe because I've watched so much stand up in my life, that's what it takes to hold my attention now. You know, I guess like it's like if you if you've been a sex addict all your life now, you, you, just right. missionary style with one person becomes no no bueno. You're like, no, I want I want uh, I want some people I want someone well, tossing my salad while I'm having sex with a tranny. Uh, like that's what like for sure. Well, and then you look at porn, right? Like how far? Like I'm so glad that I I you know in some respects I'm glad that. Uh, well, there's still some dark stuff, even if you can't see. But like, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> the, 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 but it, but the the level of of you go down a rabbit hole now, like endless access to information. A hundred percent. 
And before we go any further, let me uh, let me just apologize for using the word tranny because uh, I can just I can I could foresee my career going down the toilet because of this. <laughs> so I'm, I'm old I'm old enough uh, to to remember when you could say oh, that. Oh man, actually. yeah. I mean, I'm in my late 30s. I I used to I remember a time yeah. when we would say that. I don't mean anything derogatory about it by by any means. Um, so I I do apologize for <laughs> like but like seriously. Don't worry, we won't use that as the promo material perfect, for the episode. Perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess my point was, uh, I, I, maybe, perhaps I've been, I've seen so much stand-up now that it takes some real edgy, specific niche stuff to to hold. Maybe my that's attention. why I brought up the porn analogy. It's like you can't just watch straight, you know, like you were saying, just straight missionary is yeah. not going to do it for you. You have to have something. Perhaps with a little that bit is more per, for me. Creativity, for me. and then and if, and of course, as an artist, you know, you want to create uh, the things you want to see in the world, and so that's the stuff yep. I like, and that's what I want to see in the world. So then, uh, naturally, the natural progression is for me to try to do bits like that as well, like uh, you know, not quite like Stan Stanhope. Like I tried. Well, and it's not going to be like Stanhope because you're not. Stanhope. Correct, correct. It's not going to be like Jeffries because you're not Jeffries. But, think, but um, sometimes a little too preachy, and sometimes going. Yeah, he goes there a little bit. Going just way too comfortable, going too long without without funny, like doing something else, making a point and spreading a, ph- a personal philosophy, but not actually making it funny throughout. Um, which is fine. That's for him because he has an audience that likes that anyways. He can do what he wants. Um, yep. I, for myself, I like to make still make it um, funny the whole way, if possible. Cut down on the preachiness because sometimes I can get that way as well. Um, in other words, be that way, but be a little more palatable for someone who wants wants a lot of laughs. Like that's where I want to be. That's where I want to get. Uh, sure. You know, a lot of Bill Burr is is like that. You know, Bill Burr. Yep. Bill Burr whips out these personal philosophies, edgy stuff, but knows how to get laughs. But he knows throughout. when to, he knows when to get the funny at the other side of it. He doesn't stay correct, there so correct. Long. And I love that. And you know, even watching Chappelle lately, he's been getting it quite preachy, and he will go a long time without laughs, and, and that's okay. You know, that's okay. But I, um, I. I want to find a, a happy medium between those places and still get as as many laughs as possible. But I, you know, I don't know. I'm from the, I'm from the, the Boston school of comedy where it's just like laugh up and as many laughs a minute as you can get. Like I want to do that, but I don't. But I, yeah. I, but I also want to do this other kind of material that doesn't really. It's not set up for all those laughs per minute. A lot of times it's a story or an anecdote. But so I want to find a a, a happy medium between those places. You know, that's my, that's, that's where I'm at with my craft at this point. I hope you're, oh, your that, that's cool. Well, so you know what you're, you have a little bit of an idea what you're going to get if you go to see Jonesy once things kind of get rolling. I mean, I know you actually, actually now's a good time to get at that, uh, that album. I think you have for sale on your oh, site. Oh yeah. So you know, I, I recorded something a, a, uh, maybe two and a half years. It was like, I don't know. What is it? Two Octobers ago. Uh, maybe three Octobers ago. Yeah, that it would be it would be three Octobers ago now. Um, it was my first album that I recorded, and uh, I did it all myself. You know, um, edited it and, uh, and and learned how to sell it on my website myself. And yeah, you can get that. And if anyone wants it, a free one, just email me, and I'll, I'll send you a free code. Uh, my email's funnyjones at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to me on Instagram at funnyjones. And I'll give you a free code so you can get a free download and check it out. I'm not going to make everybody pay 10 bucks for this download. It's, it's, it's outdated material. But if you want to kick him down some love, though, you know, you might be like, hey, you know what? 
here. But it's a you know it's older so. material, but I think it's I think it's pretty good. I like it. I enjoy it. Yeah. Well, while they're waiting for things to open up to where they can come see you again, you know, they'll get their their wet their whistle. Yeah, wet the their meantime, whistle you know? exactly. I mean, and, and meanwhile, you I, can, I don't even know what the fuck is that un- supposed un- to is that yeah. is that the right term of that use of that? I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say you can also wet your whistle on some level by listening to my podcast Weird AF News because I, I, you know, in addition to delivering weird news, which is what a, it's five day a week weird news show, I like to give a little funny spin on each story. So I'm I'm whipping out my comedy improv chops. And you knew before you read the news story that it's probably not a, a good idea to pretend rob somebody. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, I heard about that story a couple days before I checked out your, your podcast, and then I, I heard you, and I'm like, yeah, like, kind of kind of asking somebody to yeah, shoot you, really, well, at that point, for your point, listeners, Josh you? is referring to a story <laughs> I covered yesterday uh, on, on Weird AF News, and it was a YouTuber. A YouTuber was trying to shoot a prank video, and... The YouTuber thought it would be funny to just walk into a, a store with a butcher knife. Um, and while in the parking lot, though, had an interaction with some customers that were on their way out, who one of which was afraid because the guy had the guy and his buddy both had a, had a freaking knife. knife <laughs> and, you know, the person took out the gun and it ended up being a shooting and a killing of this person that had the knife, all to get a viral video. I mean, it's just. This stuff is just, you can't even make this up, you know? Just people trying to get their videos to get as many views as possible and trying to get crazy by pranking dangerous pranks. I mean, it's just been, it's a matter of time before, you know, you do shit like that, you're going to get yourself into some trouble. Well, and and like with that, that goes back to the, the, a conversation we're having with another comic that was just on. Um, uh, She does a lot of, she was talking about, Actually, because she's one of the native peoples here, like on the on the West Coast, one of the tribes out here. You're talking about how people will pretend to be uh, indigenous. They'll pretend. She calls them pretend Indians, and somehow they go through this whole thing where they want the rewards, they want the the scholarships, or they want the the casino, whatever, or the or the the adoration for being some of the the native people, but there aren't. So it's kind of like getting the reward without the. Uh, the the price that you mm-hmm. pay, and so you go too quick, and then you go too far, and then it ends up backfiring. Like those guys want laughs, they want attention. It, it kind of reminded me of the um, of the communities you were talking about before, where they'd come in and they'd have their seven minutes, and they want to get their quick quick connection to an agent or to a show or whatever. And it, that's where it's important to kind of grind things up and be authentic without trying to shortcut it. Because if you shortcut it, you might get shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, uh, not to get too serious but uh i love to uh occasionally and you'll get some of this on the podcast as well weird af news uh you know our culture has set the stage for this you know we we are rewarding people who are cultivating the exterior it's just happening you know look at your instagram influencers right what yeah. is the what is the common denominator for the majority of them good looking correct good looking okay they're being rewarded for their looks people are not being rewarded for what what is intrinsic what is what they are what their character is what their you know you, you shoot a video of your of, of yourself recycling you know no one gives a shit but, you know, you shoot a prank video where you made somebody shit their pants because you whipped out a knife, you know, that's, which is just deplorable behavior. You know, that, 
it's not really a prank. It's just being yeah, an asshole. It, it is. It's being in, like, a lot of those world star videos where they would fuck with people and, and yeah. take a swing at someone. I mean, this, this sort of stuff. But let's face it. This stuff has been rewarded, you know, because the views lead to ad dollars or, uh, you know, the, or popularity. And that leads to that leads to things. And, and, you know, just the culture seems to reward that kind of behavior. It's unfortunate. And so the stage has been set for people like that. To try to do that, a whole generation is just kind of living for their life online rather than who they are really as a person. And they're judging their own self-worth by the number of likes and subscribers that they have online. And if they don't, then they feel like shit about themselves. That's, that's terrible. That is back. That's backwards. I mean, you sh we should be celebrating uh, people for their character um, and who they are as a person. Not for um, what they what their online persona is or their online performances are uh, and, and this sort of shit, and, and you know it's, so it, it's sad. But until we swap out the the reward system or do something about it, this will continue. This will continue. And then what what are you, what are you going to get? You're going to get shitty people that are rewarded by the culture, which I hate to see, but. You know, I see it in my industry all the time. Shitty people sure. that are rewarded. And, you know, that's just how it is. In other words, and, and you know, as a comedian, you see this happen all the time. People that don't, yeah. they... Maybe they're. Well, maybe they're. I mean, I, I made a joke about Amy Schumer. I mean, it's just not actually the worst example, but you have a bunch of people stealing sure. jokes and trying to pass them off as their um, own. You, you know? know, my friend Ted Alexandro had one of his bits stolen by SNL this week, um, last week, and it was on SNL this past week. And and Ted's been pretty vocal about it on Instagram. Um, and uh, by the way, Ted Ted Alexandro is uh, one of the the best comedians that you'll never know, you'll never hear of, because no one knows who this guy is. He's He's toiled in yep. obscurity, although he's the opener of, for Jim Gaffigan. He's been the opener for Louis C.K. He's got several specials out. They're all available for free on his website, tedalexandro.com. I implore your listeners to check it out. It's absolutely free. And this guy is it, man. This guy is great. But jokes stolen by SNL. This is the, the industry that we're in. This kind of shit happens. And yeah. nine times out of ten, I hate to say it, but these people never get caught. And they don't care. They, they're rewarded for this behavior. They're rewarded. They're really not f great uh, artists, and yet they're being rewarded. And it's, it's such a shame. You know, there's a saying in our culture. This is how bad it is. What's the saying? Fake it till you make it. Well, how shitty is that? How shitty is that? Fake it till you make it is something that's passed around in Hollywood or wherever, whatever industry you're in, even in the music industry. Fake it till you make it. That's a terrible approach. For an artist. That's a terrible. And if you're somebody who's saying that or you're believing in that, please just get out of the game, man. Because that's the last thing we need is more, more people who are fake it till you make it. You know, I, I hate to see that. I want to see people who take their artistry seriously. People that get into it because they want... You know, art is powerful, man. Art has the power to transform a culture, you know? We, we're, as, as just regular citizens of the culture, we're not given a lot of power to transform the culture. You know, they give us the illusion of voting to transform the culture, but at the end of the day, you, you have two choices. You get to choose between one wealthy lying bastard and another wealthy lying bastard, neither of which really have the common man's interest 
uh, in mind or on their own agenda. So they give you the illusion that you have a choice in politics, that you can actually transform your society with with politics that way. But that is a, that's just a polite fiction. We're not allowed to touch the finance pedal, the politics pedal. We're allowed to touch the art pedal as much as we want, really. That's really the one tool that we have as regular citizens to transform society. And so when I see people using art just to get rich, it just it's disappointing to me. You know, art can be powerful. Art can inspire. Art can bring hope to the hopeless. Art can empower the powerless and give people the idea that yes, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. That's how powerful art can be. And yet, again and again, people are just using it for the wrong reasons. And I hate that. I hate that. Well, and you've stuck to your your authenticity, and that's that's freaking dope. Because <laughs> that's a, that's just an old guy. And you rant. Go, that, I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> no, it's all right, dude. Stick with it, man. I, I, and that's the thing, right? Like the the whole when we when we set up this pod, I set up this podcast. I wouldn't have done it by myself because I was trying to. So I I'm uh my my background professionally is I my wife and I inherited a martial arts school in December of 2019. Um, that with from our previous uh instructor and that shut down i couldn't do comedy anymore because that was all shut down i am i'm a competitive surfer and so i couldn't do that because everybody all the beaches were closed so nothing that i was into and i met justin our our, the producer of the podcast and he's like well here let's get something going and then it just i built the the we together we've built the podcast because we wanted to make something that you know, where we could still be ourselves and open up the gates for people to be authentic because there is something, you know, I don't get me wrong. I, like I said, I'm a total nerd. I watch almost every single Marvel thing that's come out. I've like mainlined the Mandalorian as soon as every episode, but there's something about um, being open and letting things breathe and, and letting people come in. And that's why like, I don't care if you're the nerdiest nerd about whatever topic. If that's what we're talking about, I want people to be able to hear that. If you go on a rant because something's passionate to you, that's that's what the show is about. Because at the end of the day, like you're saying, if you that you can know that you're being authentically you. You know, we we had a, a we I recently talked to a woman who she was a she talked a lot about imposter syndrome. And, you know, people, if you're an actor, if you're a musician, if you're a, a comic, there's always that, am I really as good as people think I am? You know, and and so, like, the, the you don't see uh, people pretending to be, uh, like, a UFC champion. You either are or you aren't. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. can't, like, you can pretend to knock out Conor McGregor. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like, so, so, if you can kind of get to the point of just being authentic and open up the, the all the channels to being your you that you're stoked to to level up well then that's that's golden man that's that makes life worth living and that's keeps the darkness away you know just a little I bit agree. that was great yeah yeah i totally agree yeah. um and dude like uh man i don't even know how long we've been at it i'm, I'm stoked that you came on um i, I do want to ke- hear though uh I mean, you got your podcast, got the the Weird AF podcast, which I, I love because I used to back when the internet was kind of new ish. I used to love reading all the the old the weird mm-hmm. news stories mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then like something changed somewhere along the way where it all became about it, it became too mean spirited the way people would approach the weird news. 
and, and there's sort of a this guy's kind of a nutbag or whatever but there's a there seems like there's a threshold like even when you're bringing up the the story talking about the youtube prank you know you weren't you were being like it, it, there wasn't a meanness there wasn't a a malicious approach and so there, there's actually I, I found something sort of nostalgic in a way about your show which i, I think is kind of cool because it's it's you know it's a weird news story and some cool commentary. You don't get that anymore because people are all like, "Oh, I gotta gotta do it shocking." And you know if that's what you dig, well then have fun. Yeah, with it, and dude. you know you can get that on any of your local radio station. They'll always, uh, you know, the there's always they always have the funny uh, morning radio hosts and and yeah, you yeah. get the host and then you get the sports guy and then you get yeah. the news and, girl. And, you know, and and they'll always you know usually in a, I mean, shit, they'll Howard's do, they'll that. do the weird news. They'll, they'll <laughs> obviously, in one day a week, they'll probably do some weird news, and they and it's like you said. Um, so you can get this, but a lot of times they just will be mean spirited about it, and uh, I, I don't want to go there with it. Sometimes I get a little angry and frustrated with what's going on in the world that's reflected sure. in the story, and I'll express that. But I don't want to get all mean about it. I want to, I want to get laughs. You know, I want to keep it funny and uh I, I find that in my experience as a comic if you're if you're being mean it's uh you know you're already going to cut the room in half you know only some people are going to go with yeah. you on the laughter it might even if it is undoubtedly funny the fact that it's got the mean flavor will turn off at least half the crowd automatically they won't go with you with that so um I, I, it's not beneficial at all uh, for me to, to kind of bring a mean spirit to everything. In fact, if I'm sometimes I'm in a terrible mood when I'm recording because I do the show five <laughs> days a week, and sometimes I'm just sure that's a, that's a lot of yeah, you know, and, by and, the way. That, and that I'm not take... always in the mood to do it, and I might be in a bad mood. And, and in those instances, I have to stop. I have to erase what I recorded and take a breath, yeah. and then redo it. It doesn't happen often, but sometimes if I'm in that bad place, I'll I'll, I'll go for a walk. I'll come back, get some fresh air. I'll come back, have a cup of coffee, and then get into it again because uh, I don't, I don't want to bring that flavor to it. I want to try and keep it lighthearted and funny if possible. That's cool, man. I, I, I uh, dig on that. It makes it makes much more pleasant to listen to than sometimes where people yeah, go. And, so and, that's, that's you know. Cool, man. Uh, so just to kind of give you a rundown of what it is, it's five days a week. Yeah. I do three weird sto news stories a day from around the world. On Fridays, I only do weird news from Florida. Because <laughs> the nexus of all weird <laughs> it, stuff is, on, it is in It absolutely is. It is the nexus of weird shit. It really is. Yeah, so I and, and uh, I, you know, they got flying cockroaches. What yeah, do you expect, they got man? flying cockroaches and more meth than you can shake a stick at. Yeah. Well, uh, actually, I heard they're, you know, maybe at Disney World, you know, you might need to watch out. Yeah, too, but people carrying guns um, to Disney World. Oh, I can't tell you how many stories I came across of people bringing guns to Disney. What is going on? <laughs> it's unbelievable. But, but uh, hey, hey, man, uh, is there anything else? Because uh, the beautiful thing about podcasting and, and not, I, I, I buck the trends. I know they say 20 or 30 minutes. Thanks for hanging in there for, for a longer recording. I like to make sure we let it breathe is there anything we didn't get to that you want to make sure you mention before we uh, uh we split well I, i'm gonna have a new project coming out that i think you might really really love okay uh, and i'll send it to All you right. when, it's, when it's complete but uh sure. I'm, 
I'm shooting. I shot a a new YouTube series, but um, and then after l- watching it afterward, I pulled out the audio portion, and I think it also works as a podcast as well. Um, and it's me and my buddy Dwayne Perkins, who's a, a comedian with over. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I've caught yeah, some of Dwayne's uh, material before. So he's got over twenty years' experience. Him and I uh, are putting out a uh, a YouTube series slash podcast called comedians react and we're watching clips of comedians famous comedians or not so famous comedians um comedians that we admire that no one knows has heard of obviously some famous comedians that everybody's heard of and we we watch them do a bit along usually i'll pick up a joke that's five minutes long or longer and then we kind of analyze it and break it down from a comedian standpoint what's what's special about this bit um what 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 should someone who's not familiar with stand-up comedy and the the craft of it, what should they pay attention to when watching this? What should people appreciate about it or not appreciate about it? So this could be a good instructor for somebody who wants to maybe get into comedy. Uh, you'll get even. a lot of insight into the craft of stand-up, the business of stand-up, because we go off on all these conversations about you know joke stealing, about uh, you know what it's like to. Uh, work rooms uh, on the road and, and, you know, rooms that you're not familiar with. And, you know, we, we go into a lot of the aspects of stand-up comedy. It's pretty, it's pretty stand-up centric. Like I think nerds of stand-up comedy, like people really into stand-up would really appreciate it more than just your regular person who kind of watches it. I don't know, man. You, you know, I mean, you look at how many millions of download or, you know, streams Joe Rogan has had on his podcast and you look at, you know, uh, Tom Segura's thing. I mean, they're they're blowing up. So you, sometimes people dig, dig yeah, that you could stuff. be right. So you uh, might be surprised. We, you know, we won't know until we release this stuff. But uh, yeah, I hope you're right. I hope uh, a lot of people, a wide range of audience, is uh, is able to enjoy this kind of thing. But I know you in particular would absolutely. Yeah, you'll no, that absolutely, sounds great, man. Oh man, I'm, I'm you'll, all dude, about you'll it. love it. You'll absolutely love it. Yeah, and we pick. Do you uh, do any of the thing with your your friend Ted, Ted uh, Alexandro in there? Uh, we haven't covered a Ted bit, but we will definitely cover a Ted. Alex- he sounds like he's right on that. Yeah, that, because uh, that range you know, he's one of these for. guys like a Lachlan Patterson and a Sheng Wang, like comics that I really admire that no one's really heard of. Uh, so, in addition to you know, we've well, we did Richard Pryor, we did Bob Newhart. Uh, you know, we're also going to do, we did a Chappelle bit. We're also going to do comics that you, you haven't really heard of. And, uh, and it's a good opportunity for us to introduce to the world some people that we, uh, we think the world of when it comes to the craft of stand-up comedy. That's awesome, man. They, you know, that, you don't know them from TV sitcoms or anything, but man, cause all they do is stand up, but man, are they great at it. And so. Dude, this could, I mean. Blow, blow both yours, your audience, and for the people who you're, you're showing. Well, I, I mean, hope so. You don't know. One one single video could blow the heck up and everything else just... That you know, could you happen. Know, and you know, what made me want to do it was, well, first of all, when Dwayne and I get together once a week to have coffee and like we always talk about stand-up like at a, at a high, high level and we just, we just kind of nerd out about it as a craft and always have. But the other thing was I noticed... Uh, you know, there's a lot of videos on YouTube that are comedian reacts to a comedian and, you know, and it's, but it's kind of flat. Well, well, what it is, is it's, <laughs> it's always somebody who isn't a stand-up comic. They're like, they're YouTube yep. comedians, or I don't know, they call themselves comedians, but I've never seen them at a comedy club. They don't have, and you can tell by the way that they're reacting to the video, they're not 
they're not really dissecting it from a comedian standpoint. They're just kind of reacting to the material. It's the face value of it, uh, you know? Yeah. And, well, and they're also like kind of, I, I think in some of those cases, I get, if their if their reaction isn't something, I'm like, you're not actually providing any additional value. I know technically this is fair use, but I think you're you're basically just leeching off of this. It's almost worse than joke th- stealing in yeah, a way. You, yeah, I, or, I, yes. Because you're like, you're like, you're getting people looking for Louis mm-hmm. C.K.'s bit and they're finding your reaction to it and you're barely saying Yeah, a anything. lot of times what you get is like uh, someone like, you know, it's, it's Louis C.K.'s bit, great example, and they'll see it and it'll be so, so yeah. this comedian female who has a YouTube channel but she's never done stand-up in her life. She's reacting to the video and she's just saying, oh my God, that's so true what he said. This is really good. Yeah. Oh my God, I, yeah, I can't stand my daughter either or whatever, you know, and it's like, they're not really bringing anything to it. So I saw that there was there was a, a place for this where where now you have where you're really actually opening up and actually legitimately adding correct, something to correct what having there. comedians with yeah. uh, you know collectively between us we have you know th- 37 years of stand up comedian experience between the two of us and so you're yeah. getting you're getting some you're getting something there with that and and uh, so I think you know for the people who really enjoy stand up they'll they'll really get something out of it. That's awesome, man. That, that's I'm I'm actually really yeah, looking forward uh, we to shot, that. Yeah, uh, I've I've edited three already that we shot. We just last week shot three more. I want to have six in the can and then release them all at once, and that'll be the beginning of the series. Something like yeah, that's yeah. Great, but very man. excited about it. Um, and we and obviously there'll be information on your yes, website. Absolutely, right? absolutely. And I will I will person. How the heck did you get Jonesy.com? Because that's like <laughs> like I I tried to find you on like Spotify, and there were like four other artists, and I was like. Fuck! Where is this guy? And I finally got you, but but you're if you, the fact that you got that website that was still available, yeah, that's impressive. You know, I was on a podcast yesterday. They asked me that same question. I guess people are really curious. I said, "How do I got Jonesy.com?" Dude, uh, we've been going through a nightmare trying to find the right social media handles for, yeah. for the show. That's something so I, that you really have to spend time on, though, and think about. Um, I was yeah. lucky enough to be able to get Jonesy.com for very cheap from someone who really wasn't using it. That's all. You know, I caught them at the right time. That, I that's, guess. Hey, hey yeah. good on you, man. Like in your it's easy to remember yeah, and i'm so, never letting uh, it go so jonesy.com and then uh what funny funny jonesy pretty much funny jones else. yeah funny like jones. instagram oh, i'm glad instagram you said something twitter is funny oh, jones it. so funny jones and then and jonesy.com then, uh, you know i i finally manned up and manned up i finally got my act together and and created a website for the podcast as well after three years i thought i might as well get professional with it <laughs> weird af news.com is now a website and you can find the podcast there you can join the patreon there you can do everything there get transcripts and all that see what i look like and whatever you whatever you want Right on, man. Hey, well, thanks for coming on. This is this has been absolutely. Oh, a blast. I had a great time Seriously. as well. I hope your uh, I hope your listeners found some entertainment and value in this. And uh, and please, if you uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram and, and reach out to me, I respond to all my DMs. Um, I'm always very flattered. That may change. It might hit a critical mass at some point. Yeah. But. Thank you so much. <laughs> I had a I really had a blast. Yeah. Right on, man. All right. Well, uh, we'll we'll check in for a second after we end. But for everyone else listening, adventure is a state of mind. How you live it is up to you. Mm